You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. What's going on, everybody? I'm Zach Peter. You should know that by now. And if you're not doing so, please give me a follow at Just Plain Zach because I post really funny tweets and cute selfies on my Instagram. So go and follow me there. And I'm probably going to be walking out of this feeling like a, a dating pro or a dating champ. I have a, a an actual relationship expert in here. He's written several books. I've had him on the show a couple years ago, actually. And now he he's back to give me some real dating advice because I'm still fucking single. He's also the co-host of Seven Year Switch on Lifetime. And I'm excited to welcome back into studio, Charles J. Orlando. What's thank going you, on? Thank you for having me. Are, are you fucking single? Are you, or is there a, another word at the end of that? I'm single <laughs> AF. <laughs> Because I was going to say, you shouldn't fuck married, right? Or a lot of people don't, and they end up on my show, so. I mean, I, I yeah, I'm fucking single all the time, yeah. Well, there you go. See, that you're that's half the battle. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. It's Thank been, you. It, it's been too long, so. Thank you for coming back. Um, I, you need to answer, before we get deep into it, you need to answer my icebreaker questions. Let's do it. Every guest has to answer coming in. First question is, what's one word your mom would use to describe you? Uh, energetic. Energetic. You do have good energy. Fun fact, what's one thing about you people would not expect? Um, well, I'll give you two. So I have five tattoos. Mm. Um, and I was dared to join a male review for a weekend when I was 22, and I did, and I made more tips than the regular dancer. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what is your drink of choice? In aviation. Gin-based. What is that? Uh, it's an old school cocktail, so gin, creme de I'm violet. a millennial. Oh, well, then come on, man. You, <laughs> you're, you're, you're indie enough to have this. Um, gin, creme de violet, maraschino liqueur, and okay. a squeeze of lemon juice. Okay. I, 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 can, I can get into it. Um, <laughs> last question. If you had to be reincarnated as a Kardashian, which one would it be? Oh, my God. I'd probably come back as Kim. Kim, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... You know, if, if you can start your career as a porn star and be really comfortable in your own skin, I don't say that talking smack, right? Yeah. Like she and her mom parlayed a very bad situation yeah. into something solid. And all whatever that was is now far behind. I have a she lot of respect for that. Literally controls the country right now. Pretty much. Like she had a meeting with the fucking yeah. president. Okay. Like And she was so, successful in getting what she wanted. Exactly. So I'm not I'm I can't say that I watched their show. Yeah. But I respect the empire. Yeah. I mean, they're doing something right because they're still around 10 years later. Over 10 years now. And her makeup's always flawless. So if I had to come back as a Kardashian, I'd have to have my makeup flawless. It has to be flawless. She has a makeup brand that she's selling right now. <laughs> and an artist that puts it on her. Side. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I want to get your... So I'm on. I'm going on this like journey with all of my listeners where I'm basically putting all of my dating life on the show. And so I've, you know, had been set up by a matchmaker. I'm literally going on oh, dates wow, and really breaking them it. down. Yeah, breaking them down as I, um, you know, go through them. I've had conversations with my exes where I've called, you know, people from my past and try to figure out like what went wrong. And we had like conversations actually on the show. So it's a whole social experiment that I'm doing this season and so i want to get your like professional dating tips for me and all of my fellow snapchatters okay let's do it so what would you say are like your top three dating tips that people um aren't listening to or that are undervalued or underestimated so i think the first is proper expectations okay 
um, meaning that... People... I'm not getting married after the first day? <laughs> or, well, maybe you are, maybe you're not, but either way, you don't actually have a connection after the first date. Mm. Too many people, they, they fall in love with the profile, they fall in love with what they think is something solid as far mm. as a as a connection. When the truth is, you're actually evaluating two things when you first meet someone. One is the potential for compatibility. The other is how do they fit into my current life and lifestyle. Interesting. And it, those two things, one, you can kind of gauge up front, but then you have to learn more about them. The second takes time. You don't know how they plug into your life until you start experiencing who they are as a person and then how things go day to day. That takes time. So that the, that's definitely the first problem is expectations. Okay. What's number two? Technology. Uh, you know, Pro or con? I. Uh, or both. I'm I'm more con than pro. Interesting. Okay. Um, mostly because when you take your relationship and you put it in a digital format, you end up taking away all the things that make relationships work. Interpersonal relations requires body language, timbre of voice, connection, eye contact, uh, facial facial features, and and expression. Like all, all of that is needed. Not just three cute filtered photos on Bumble and and twelve emojis saying <laughs> what mood you're in that morning. Like it's all bullshit. <laughs> so if you want to know what's happening, like get on the phone at the worst. At the best, make plans to go see them. But people are so afraid to get on the phone, and people are so afraid to get off the app and actually date. That's another question. But what's number three? Uh, the third is to allow things to play out over time. Okay. Um, to recognize that the person you meet on date one is not the person they're going to be on month three is not the person they're going to be on year four. Like mm. people grow and change and they don't ask your permission. Um, and so do you, you grow and change and you don't ask anybody's permission either. It just happens. So if either you're staying connected every day or you're by default disconnecting every day. So it's okay. a, it's a re up every, every, every time you wake up, you have to reconnect. Okay, I think that, yeah, people come on the first date with, like, their best foot forward, and they have, like, an, a facade, or not a facade, but they kind of, like, really filter themselves. It's a job interview. Put on, yeah, yeah, they're trying, they're dressed up, and they're really trying to, to get in your pants, and then once they get in your pants, you don't have to try so hard. <laughs> well, and that's where it's about your expectations, right? So yeah. if you're trying to just go out and get laid, do that, but have your expectations straight. Like, it's not a connection that you've made. See, this is the issue I run into, though, is I feel like I'm very straightforward. And I'm like, to the point where I'm like, I'm, I'm serious about dating. Like, if we're going to date, then we're going to go on, on a date. Like, I want, like, I'm not looking to get, like, if you want to get laid, then we'll get laid. Like, just be clear about the expectations up front. Like, I think I a like lot of people are afraid to be that honest. But um, I am. And then people get, like, scared off by that. Right. Well, they're they're used to, I mean, it's like you've. He was so straight up. Like I'm, I usually have to lie in order to get laid. So <laughs> I don't understand this whole like free sex thing. I got to move on to somebody who I can lie to, and I think that happens pretty regularly. Uh, people are used to having to bullshit their way into somebody's bedroom and or having things play out over time. Yeah. So I like to get straight to the point. I mean, whether not saying that I just like to jump straight to sex, but like I like to be clear. Like there was a guy that I was I went on a date with, and I um afterwards like he took like days to respond to my text message and i was like why does it take you that like are you not if you're not if this isn't a priority for you then it's fine but i'm moving on i need to know like what's the deal here right. he's like oh i'm sorry i was just busy i was like nobody's busy to wait like several days to text somebody back like everybody's on their phone no it was so bizarre that that's another story for another episode <laughs> down the line um Okay, so I have some common questions that people asked about dating. Okay. So uh, how do you actually ask somebody out on a date from an app? 
from an app? Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing is to is to get away from the app and yeah. have a real conversation. And to your point, I think a lot of people, especially under the age of 35, have challenges moving things to to a real world connection, whether that's a voice conversation. I mean, but but here's the thing, like there's no way to make a relationship progress unless it progresses. Like that it sounds counterintuitive, but it's, it's yeah. real. You you can't have a connection without a connection. So if they're not willing to get off the app or they're not willing to get on the phone with you, you have no shot. I feel like it's so annoying because so many people treat dating apps like Instagram, where they just like to be honest, they get the validation of people like swiping on them and picking them. Mm -hmm. But like then there's no interest to actually carry a conversation and go on a date. Well, and many of those people may already be in relationships and they're mm. looking for that for that instant gratification, that ego boost. Right. You know, well, right. You know, this is why apps and, and technology, I mean, to my earlier point, are so dangerous yeah. because they're they're not real. Like my recommendation for how to find a great date is to like join a class. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Like, where do we actually meet people? Well, so if you back up 30 years, you usually met people within your neighborhood. Now yeah. the internet and technology has flattened the landscape. So now if you want to meet somebody in Tokyo, you can. Yeah. From here in LA. Like no problem. That's annoying too. Is guys on Tinder like they you have an option to pick the city that you want to swipe in. So sometimes I'll match with people like that are in another city or even in another country and I'm like, "What are you doing even swiping in Los Angeles right now?" Like that's a like well, now, now technology is the worst. Well, now, now you're talking about how dating apps and and subscriptions actually work. I did yeah. a whole expose a couple of years ago that no one would publish that I finally got published um, about the, the real world implications. Think about it this way. When you're using a dating app and they claim that they can match you, that's actually not the job of the dating app. Because if you're matched... You'll be in a you're, relationship yeah, and, and you'll stop using the, the app. app. Yep. So they have to hand you people that are close enough to tempt you, but not actually close enough to where you'll make a real connection. So I spent some time with the original programmer of the algorithm for Match.com. Okay. And although the algorithm works, they don't make it work. It'll, mm. it'll turn off for the first six months so they can recoup the cost of generating a user. It's a business. Like it, it's a business. So if you're so listen out there, if you think that you're swiping on matches, that is bullshit. Okay? It's not real. So is it fixed to like not make sure you match with somebody or it's just not working as effectively as it as it technically could? It's both. Okay. It's both. According to my source, it's both. And which makes sense from a business standpoint. Yeah. So, you know, this is this goes back to expectations. Like it'll help you technology and applications will help you cast a wide net, but they won't actually do the heavy lifting for you. I mean, think about it this way. Like if you join eHarmony as an example, they have a 100, 200 question survey that you have to fill out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now look, I could walk outside this studio right now and ask 20 people, 10 random questions, and I could match at least two, three, two or three couples out of that. Just from those questions. You're telling me that these people ask 200 and they can't match you up? That's bullshit. Okay, so then what do we do? What like okay, so that's obviously not the it's if it's, it's in somewhat some way efficient, but it's not effective. So how do we actually meet people in real life? You you end up having to kiss a lot of frogs, mm. right? Now this is where people have to and this is just the reality. I'm not really into frogs. I'm more of like a a, a, t a koala? Koala. Uh, Maybe like a tiger. I want <laughs> I work. want something strong and and can Mary, handle business. 
and Harry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's I know a good waxer. <laughs> <laughs> here's where people run into trouble, right? They they end up looking for a match. They look for a relationship. They look for marriage. Right. So the biggest thing you want to look for is is not necessarily a match. You want to look for happiness. How do you feel about you when you're with them? I feel like it's so hard because there are so many other things that come into like the person that you date. Is this person like going to be compatible with me? Are our careers going to align? Are we going to look cute together on Instagram? Like there are so many questions that you have to like ask to see whether or not this is going to work out. Is that part of your expectation? Like you have to look cute together? What what if, (laughs) what what if we found you somebody who was all the stuff that you wanted, except that you didn't look cute together on Instagram? Would that be an automatic like no go? No, no, I would, I would consider it. You would consider would it. Consider. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like sometimes Prince Charming or Princess Charming, who, whoever, however your Twinkie gets creamed, that didn't come out right, um, or or did it? Um, <laughs> you know, however you however you roll, those people don't always come in the packages right. that we expect them to come in. So that's why I'm saying, like, this is an exploratory, experiential kind of existence when it comes to dating, especially in today's world. You have to let things play out a little bit. You have to invest time. I think the expectation is that the apps will do all the heavy lifting for you. They'll find your match. And then on date one, you'll have a connection. Well, you may not until like date five, 10, like you don't know. How long does it take to get to know somebody? So is it possible that you maybe don't necessarily click with somebody on date one, but there's a chance that you can build chemistry by date five? Sure. Because I feel like so many people shut it down after the first date because they're like, "Mm, it wasn't immediate sparks. Well, see, here's the problem with that. A lot of people, let's take somebody who's been in a toxic relationship for a long period of time. They're used to the drama. They're used to the bullshit. They're used to all the stuff that goes with a bad relationship. And then they meet a really nice person and they go on a date with them. And they just don't feel it. They just don't feel it. You know why they don't feel it? Because there's no toxicity. There's no bullshit. Mm. There's no drama. So of course there's no chemistry. There's not going to be. So they walk away from somebody good because they're looking for something that's familiar. And that familiarity is actually bad. So, you know, these are some, and these are highly individualized answers I'm giving you, right? Like this will apply to some of the people who are listening and not others, but uh, it, it applies to a lot of different people. So... So how do you know if you're even ready to put yourself out there and actually date? Because I feel like there are people that like are one foot in, one foot out. They're on the apps. They're ready to match with people. They say they want to date, but like in reality, they're just not like actually committing to it. Right. Well, there's no control over that, unfortunately. I mean, people use technology to create what I call arm's length intimacy, where you're close enough to feel good about yourself. You're close enough to pretend that there's some kind of connection, but you actually don't do anything beyond sending a couple text messages, saying something funny, alluring, and then you're gone. Um, and there's no way to, to stop that. The, the advice I have for that is when you experience that kind of person who just disappears, believe them, like don't go chasing somebody who's Mm. already made it clear. Like, look, here's the deal. People do exactly what they want to do. Okay. They make choices all the time. And if that person actually wanted to spend time with you, they would text, they would call. So when they don't, your job is not to go, but wait, what about me? Let me validate myself with this person. How come they're not interested in me? What's wrong with me? Man, there is nothing wrong with you. See, but I'm just so persistent that like, if you're running, then I just want to prove that I can handle that. So you're validating your worth by catching the wrong person. I know. 
And I didn't say it was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're not the only one. <laughs> but you're not the only one. Like that's an easy trap to fall into where you end up getting just enough of your needs filled to where you want that person around you more. And then they go, uh, no. And they use scarcity either as a weapon or they disappear completely. And then you say, but wait a minute, I had this amazing thing that I was just feeling and now you're taking it away. Let me go get it. No, that's when you back off and go, fuck you. Like, if yeah. you want me, I'm here because I have value. I have worth. Do your job and meet me here or go away. I like that. I'm getting better at that. I, I don't I don't chase people as much as I used to. I think this is yeah, this experiment and actually having to connect with people that I had dated in the past or that did ghost me and like them having the nerve to even come on the show and, and have conversations with me. Um, like it it taught me that like this is their own bullshit and this is not a reflection of me or who I am or my own value. Right. No, for sure. I think there's two statements I would give you and your listeners. Like we, we are all damaged people. Okay. That includes me. If, if these people think they're listening to an no. expert that thinks I don't fuck things up <laughs> all the time. Um, but the, the truth of it is that with all our flaws, with all our imperfections, with all the stuff that we've experienced, both trauma and, and non-trauma, like we are worthy to be loved and valued exactly as we are. Okay. So the two statements that you and your listeners need to really get as you go into the dating world, one is for you. And that statement is, I am worthy with all your imperfections, with all your flaws, you are worthy to be loved exactly as you are. The other is do your job. And that's not for you. That's for them. It's not your job to, to create an entire relationship all by yourself. Yeah. It's not your job to make sure that they call and that they do their stuff. That's their fucking job. Yeah. So don't do a relationship all by yourself street. and then have them attend. They need to join you or they need to be gone. Yeah, it's just, like sometimes I like question it because I'm even like, how did, you know, Joe Schmo down the street get uh, uh, to be in a relationship? Like he doesn't even have a fucking job. Like I have four jobs. Like how am I not an eligible bachelor right now? You are, but it has yeah. to do with your selection process. I know. When you find exactly the wrong person who doesn't value you and then try to capture them, you're never going to get them. I need to stop dating fuckboys. We'll see. Or use the fuckboys for what they're worth and then and chuck them. <laughs> I mean, you know, fuckboys are like mopeds, right? I mean, they're fun to ride, but no, you never want to keep one around longer and nobody should see you riding. Right? <laughs> um, on that note, I have another question. Why are guys such dicks? Um, the truth? Yeah. Because they can be. Mm. Meaning that it's actually in your control. Okay. Because it, we're allowing them to that's be. That's right. Like personally or culturally? I think both, both, unfortunately. I mean, when you take a look at we don't have to turn this into something, but when you, when you take a look at the political landscape and the sociological kind of implications of what that means, everything's kind of changed today where behavior that wasn't allowed just a few years ago is now commonplace and mainstream. Yeah. That said, you know, people, we teach people how we want to be treated. So every time they don't call and you chase them down, every time they don't say something nice to you and you wonder why and you cry, every time they ghost on you and you, you text them and say, how come you couldn't at least call me? Like you're showing them, like, I don't value my, myself enough to walk away from somebody who doesn't recognize my worth. You know what I started doing is in my phone, I changed the names of their contacts to does not value you, cannot be bothered by you, so that every time they text me or I feel like texting them, like that's literally the message that I get. And then I'm like, it's just a reminder that like, okay, this person could not be bothered to text you back. So why are you even going to engage in that? May I, may I prescribe something one step past that? Okay. Block their number. Ugh. 
I've tried doing that. No, you haven't tried. I've done it. Bullshit. and then I... <laughs> Don't make me Yoda you, right? Do or do not. But I'm like, there is no I don't want to block him because like, what if he texts me back in three months and then, you know, it's a perfect match. Of course, because that way he can fuck you over <laughs> one more time. I know. That's when you get the ultimate vague text of, hey. <laughs> and yeah. that's all you get. Hey. And then you go, what? You couldn't even da 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 da. And now I, you're I, engaged I, again. Dude, block him. See, guys, I suck at dating, so you don't have to. <laughs> Okay, so talk to me about switch therapy. Because you do this on seven-year switch, and this is literally where you take couples and you, like, mix-match them, right? Yes, we do. Why and how is that, like, beneficial? Like, what are, like we're not swinging, are we? No, 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 no. That is not... Well, I, I guess they could do that and do something really stupid on national television. <laughs> that is not the goal. So switch therapy... Let's just let me get give your, your listeners a, a background on the show. Yeah. Um, seven-year switch takes four couples that are experiencing challenges in their marriage and puts them on a radical, accelerated path towards doing something different. Okay. That doing something different includes working with me and my co-host, Dr. Jessica Griffin, who's mm -hmm. also on Married at First Sight. Uh, and we work with these couples as, as individuals and as married couples, but then, to your point, we switch them using a concept called switch therapy. And the idea behind switch therapy is that I take two couples, Jessica takes two couples, and we swap their spouses, not to get them to cheat. That's where everybody goes like, oh my God, they're going to, well, if they're going to do that, they're already checked out of their marriage. Yeah. They don't need to be on the show. They need to go down to a courthouse. But is the, it similar to like wife swap? No. Okay. Wife swap is about pushing culture and behavior for the sake of drama to get visitors mm. to go, oh my God, that's insane. Ours has actual therapy. You mean there aren't really like pirate families out there? Then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are. Um, but with switch therapy, Look, when you're in bad patterns and doing, uh, and you have bad behavioral uh, relations with your spouse, if you go to traditional couples therapy, you'll spend an hour trying to learn new things, and then you'll spend six days and 23 hours reinforcing all the bad shit, because you're only going to couples therapy once a week. Yeah. We remove that. We put you in an immersive uh, situation and environment. No phone, no TV, no internet, and no spouse. We put you with somebody else's spouse so that you have a safe training ground without all the dynamics that exist with your existing relationship to work on communication, connection, honesty, loyalty, intimacy, all the stuff that's missing from your marriage. So what is like the key issue that that like is the the step that gets you before even being on this show where you need this type of um, step in your relationship? Well, I think the biggest challenge that we run into with a lot of these couples can be summed up with the word indifference. Mm. As soon as you hit a place where you don't care what your partner does or doesn't do, where you stop arguing, where you've given up, that's when you end up in a place where you you are on your way to filing some paperwork and calling it quits. Um, the only way out of that kind of situation is where you change the dynamics and you change the, your perspective. Um, instead of advocating your view, you start to see your partner you, again. You start to re-engage. You get empathy and compassion back into the conversation. But you won't be able to do that with your partner right away. It, and you probably won't be able to for a minute. You need a safe place and a training ground with someone who's going through something similar. And that's what switch therapy is all about. You get put with someone who's going through the same type of thing. And you get to practice caring about somebody the way you haven't about your partner. It goes for both people. Is that risky, though, that you have to care about somebody that's not your partner? And is, can't you like possibly develop feelings from that? You could. 
Um, it, it is dicey, but these, these couples are at uh, the end of their rope in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and it, the, but the idea behind it is not to, is not, not to, to get break them up the marriage. To, yeah. No. Well, unless they want to be broken up and okay. we put them in dicey situations. Example, um, we, when we switch them up, we put them in a brand new house, brand new environment, and it's a house with one bedroom and one bed. Now, could the, they sleep in the same bed together? They could, but that's not what we want them to do. Right. We want them to negotiate. Who gets the bed? Is it okay to have a pillow down between the two of you? Somebody going to take the couch? Like, negotiate and work together to solve the issue. Don't just hop into bed and think this is free reign to do some swinging, to your point. Yeah. Like, that's not that's not where we're at. Because at that point, the relationship's done. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that you can come back from indifference if you're in a relationship that feels like it's done? All it takes is effort and a willingness to see your part in things and to put empathy and compassion and active listening back into the into the conversation. Yes, it's absolutely possible. It sounds like a lot of accountability, both on the dating side and on the relationship side. You ha- it, It's always about accountability. And to our credit, after uh, two seasons, this is our third, we have... Uh, there were eight couples over two seasons so far. Uh, we have five new babies and three separations. Wow. Um, so we had five out of eight reconnect enough to where now they have a family. In some cases, there's two kids. Um, in other cases, they've moved on to find other happiness in their life. Uh, and either way, that's a, that's a really good thing. I'm not an advocate for divorce, but I am an advocate of finding happiness in your life, even if that means leaving a partner that you're no longer in love with. Yeah. It's fair to both of you. When does uh, Seven Year Switch air? It's on Lifetime, right? It is uh, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific and Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. I love it. I'm gonna uh, this is season three, and it's it's just getting rolling. It's going to be a hell of a I'm going to take some notes. <laughs> Learn some things about relationships. <laughs> Closing question. Um, if you had to give advice to yourself at 20 years old about dating and relationships, what advice do you think you or people at that phase in their life need to hear? Uh, listen more than you speak. Um, recognize your part in things and the so fact I have a podcast that I can just listen back to what I said. <laughs> I wish I had one, you know, at 48 years old, I am not the same man that I was at 20. Yeah. And, uh, my kids are now 20 and 23. And I think it's really about, you know, gauging their, your own expectations, recognizing that things take time. Yeah. And maybe the most important is that no matter how serious a situation is like the next day, it's not going to be quite so serious. It'll, it'll pass. It'll pass. I love that. Thank you guys for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. Where can they follow you to learn more and keep up? Charles J. Orlando is my social handle across everything. Uh, you can join me on Facebook and, and with 1.5 million people who follow my writings and musings. Or on Instagram where you can go to charlesjorlando.com. We live tweet the the show every tuesday night so you can find me on twitter for sure perfect and hashtag seven year switch yes and don't forget to watch seven year switch on lifetime tuesdays with dr jessica griffin and charles Orlando. with a with a shout out to kinetic content the producers they're awesome <laughs> shout out <laughs> um and you can follow me at just plain zach and be sure to follow charles and check out seven year switch and let me know what other dating questions you have or what other fun social experiments you want me to try because clearly I'm not afraid. I'm going to be doing goat yoga this Sunday. So I, you know, nothing's off limits for me. Um, You can subscribe and listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all the places. So go do that and leave us a good review. Um, And until then, I'm going to go do some more dating and some goat yoga. Okay, bye.